Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Before we begin, we're just going to begin with a background on the Messianic texts that are shown to us in the prophet Isaiah so that we will understand the ministry of Jesus. You see, we're here tonight to display and to show God's people Jesus. He's the one we came for. And he's the one we love. He's the one we adore. But many of us, unfortunately, if we don't have a scriptural reference of what the ministry of Jesus is, we could actually reduce the ministry of Jesus to our doctrinal preference. And we don't want to do that because the scripture is very clear with his primary focus of ministry. Now, I want you to know there's a difference between his destiny, which was to come to earth, to become human flesh for our sake, still being God, dying on the cross and rising again. His hour of destiny was Calvary. And it's very clear in the scripture. You and I need to have an understanding of our hour. Amen? Amen. And his hour of destiny was Calvary. However, we must understand his ministry. And so in order to do that effectively, let's look in the Hebrew scriptures so that we can see what Isaiah, the messianic prophet, teaches us about the focus of the ministry of Jesus. Uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter 9. And I want you to see that the scriptures that Isaiah is going to reveal to us about the Messiah and his ministry is one of deliverance. It's one of opening prison doors. And there are all kinds of prisons. There's prisons of loneliness. There's prisons of addiction. There's prisons, beloved saints, of darkness and anxiety. There's prisons, beloved saints, of every sort. And Jesus came to open the prison doors. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 9, looking at verse 2. The Bible says that the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. And upon them, hallelujah, hallelujah, and they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light is shined. It doesn't just mean people on, on their deathbed. It means individuals who feel like they're confined to a place in their life where they're living, but they feel like they're dead. Did you know that you can be biologically living, but that's not life? I said you can be biologically living without life. Jesus came to give us life. 
and to have it to the full. Are you understanding, beloved saints? And so today it's so important that as we hear the scripture, that we know that our name is on it, that the Lord had you in mind tonight. The Lord has your deliverance in mind tonight. The Lord has your sorrow in mind tonight. He has your affliction and your heartache and your burden and the breakthrough you need in mind tonight. Are you with me, saints? How many of you believe in God for a breakthrough? Amen. So the Bible says, they that dwelt in the land of the shadow of death upon them, the light has shined. Now go with me, please, to Isaiah chapter 42, looking at verse 7. We are going to see a consistence, co consistent coherence in the scripture that connects one to another, one scripture to another, concerning the deliverance ministry of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Notice Isaiah 42, verse 7. The Bible says to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners out of the prison. And them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Sometimes this is the prison house right here. Your mind can be the prison house. Your body attacked or afflicted by the enemy can be the prison house. How many of you today are ready to be delivered from the prison house? Hallelujah. Some of us are in prisons of rejection. Come on, pray with me, because there's some people here that have been in prisons of rejection your whole life. Tonight's the night that the prisons of rejection be broken off and that you come out of those prisons of rejection into all that God's got for you. Hallelujah. No prison of rejection is going to stop you from going forward. You see, let me explain it. Sometimes, beloved, when things happen to us in our childhood, sometimes when things happen to us in tragedy, when things happen to us in our lives and they keep repeating themselves over and over and over again. Let me give you an example. Go with me to Mark's gospel in the ninth chapter. If you know someone in your family that the same problem happens year in and year out, they just start to get a breakthrough and boom, they get pulled back into the fire. They just start to get out and get gasping for air and boom, that spirit pulls them back into the fire again. They can't seem to break out of the cycle. One of the ways we detect demonic spirits is cycles. I'm going to say that again. One of the ways we detect demonic spirits is cycles. It just keeps happening over and over and over again. Looking at Mark. Mark the ninth chapter, Mark the ninth chapter, one of the most powerful teachings on deliverance that Jesus ever gave his Talmudim. The Bible says, and we see, let's begin in verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, master, I have brought to you my son and he has a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he tears him and he foams with his teeth and gnashes with his teeth and he pines away. I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out and they could not. 
Now, this is very unusual that they could not cast him out. Why? Because in the gospel, according to Mark, as in all the other gospels, the synoptic gospels in particular, when we speak of synoptic gospels, what are we speaking of? We're speaking of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Say it. Those are the synoptic gospels. And in the synoptic gospels, we have in Mark chapter 3, Jesus commissioning the 12. For a moment, keep your fingers there, your bookmark there in Mark 9, but go with me to Mark chapter 3, verse 15. You will see at the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus, as soon as he chooses the 12, he commissions them. And he sends them forth. And look, notice, to have power to heal sickness and what? Cast out devils. I know to many of us, casting out of devils is socially incorrect. It doesn't blend. This is why I say we have to have a scriptural reference of the ministry of Jesus. Because it may not be what we doctrinally believe about his ministry. It's, it may not be what we were taught. We were not taught that the primary focus of his ministry was to deal with demonic spirits and powers of darkness. Notice to have power to heal sickness. This is to his disciples at the beginning of the gospel. According to Mark, he is sending them forth. He just called them. And the Bible says to have power to heal sickness and what? Cast out devils. Notice he is sending his, his disciples forward and he's giving them authority in the very beginning to heal sickness and cast out devils. Now I want you to know something. All throughout the scripture, in the synoptic gospels, there is an association with certain illness and demonic inducement to those illnesses. It is shown throughout the scripture. And here we have, he gave them power to heal sickness and cast out devils. Go with me to Mark chapter 6, verse uh, 7. Mark chapter 6, verse 7, continuing in the context. Turn to your neighbor and say, continuing in the context. Notice what he's going to do. He called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and what? I didn't hear you. Come on, let's read it. One, two, three, go. He gave them power over unclean spirits. We're seeing it again, aren't we? He's giving them power over unclean spirits. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you are his disciple, you have been given power over unclean spirits. Are you with me, saints? And there's a certain way you have to handle spirits. If you're going to be on a mission to cast spirits out, there's a certain lifestyle. I said, there's a certain lifestyle. It's right here. Look at the word. He commanded them that they should take nothing with them for their journey. What does that mean? You can't take a famous name. If your name is famous, it's not going to cast out devils. 
So you can't depend on the flesh. You must take only your staff. Take nothing with you but your staff. Throughout the Bible, the staff is a spiritual symbol of the anointing. That is what Elisha gave unto Gehazi. When the widow or the woman at Shunem, her son, was dead, and Elisha preferred to send Gehazi ahead, and he said, take my staff, and if anyone speaks to you, don't greet him on the way. Jesus used the same words in Luke when he sent forth his disciples, and he said, take the staff and, and speak to no man. So you have to be focused. You can't be all involved in the sports page before you minister. I said, you cannot be watching something secular and expect to come to the pulpit. Hello, you got to be in prayer. Are you with me? You have to be focused and surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you're going to give them yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, if I give them myself, they'll get nothing out of it. And so, beloved saints, continuing in the context, we're going to Mark, continuing in the gospel according to Mark, and we're going to see how they cast out the devils. The Bible says in Mark chapter 6, continuing in the context, in verse 13, and they cast out, now watch how the association of, of casting out devils and healing sick bodies are united in this concept. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and what? Healed them. Now continue on and look at the end of gospel according to Mark. You see, Jesus sends them forth to cast out spirits in Mark 3. He sends them forth to cast out spirits in Mark 6. And guess what? He sends them forth to cast out spirits at the Great Commission as well. How many of you want to fulfill the Great Commission? See, the Great Commission is given in every single gospel. Go into all the world to preach the gospel. Every believer has that responsibility. And notice Mark chapter 16. Looking at verse 15 and then skipping to verse 17. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. Now look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will what? Say they will cast out devils. They told me this week, they told us this week, we were on the phone with our wonderful pastor who's the patron of the work in Nairobi. He's, he's the Emetrius pastor in Nairobi. I told you all the story of who he is. His name is Bishop William Tua Missing one of the most revered men of God in all of Kenya. 
a reputation of honor and dignity, so respected that the president of Kenya presented him with the Burning Spear Award, highest awards a Kenyan can receive. Tremendous man of God. And this week, on the line, when we were preparing everything, he said, we got to have a lot of rooms. We're going to have to access all those rooms in the Charles Mulhaney Ministry Center. That's where the pastors are going to stay in Nairobi. He said, we have to save some of those rooms because there's going to be so many spirits that are going to come out of people. We're going to have to go into those rooms and cast them out. Hello? 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 And I want you to know this whole time between now and the time we leave and when we get back, there's going to be an anointing that if any demonic spirit has been plaguing you, it's coming off. Oh, somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to give God the glory. These signs shall follow them that believe. That's you. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall, the Bible says, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, so we go back to Mark 9. If this is what Jesus commanded his disciples, and he's already sent them forth twice with commissioning, once in Mark 3 and once in Mark 6, it's not the same event. How can it be that when they came to one young man, they could not cast the devil out? Have you ever come up against a stubborn spirit? Have you ever come up against a block in the realm of the spirit that would not move? Jesus is going to show us how. How many of you would like that mountain, that spirit, that stubborn spirit that won't move to come off tonight? How many of you would like to receive the anointing to cast out spirits? Hallelujah. Let us look, going back to Mark chapter 9. As the father pours out his heart to Jesus. Some of us are desperate. We've been dealing with demonic spirits for years. We're watching our children. Maybe caught in a pattern. And we don't know what to do. We've done everything for that child. Doesn't mean that child necessarily has to live a corrupt life. To be under the bondage of a spirit. It can be something that happened emotionally. Yes, yes. Something that happened at school. Something that happened when they were young. And it kept happening. And it became a cycle. And it's got to be broken off. Yes. And tonight the Lord wants you to break it off. Tonight, you are being anointed to break off those cycles off of your children, family, and loved ones. 
Watch this. Jesus is going to teach us. He's going to give us a good training session. How many of you would love to be trained by Jesus? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'd love to be on his team. Because I am on his team. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to shout the victory. And the Bible says, hallelujah. The spirit took him wherever it would. And it tore him and he pineth away. And the Bible tells us. Hallelujah. And verse 20, and they brought him unto him, unto Jesus. And when he saw him, when the spirit saw Jesus, straightway the spirit tear him and fell on the ground, wallowing and foaming. Turn to your neighbor and say, spirits know the presence of God. Say it again. Spirits know the presence of Jesus. So if you want to have some results, stay in the presence of God. Hello? I said if you want some results, stay in the presence of God. Watch this. And... They said, we spoke, verse 18 last night, to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And Jesus is going to begin the training. In verse 21, Jesus asked his father, how long ago is it since this came to him? Now, wait a minute. Don't you think Jesus knew when that spirit came to that little boy? Didn't Jesus know exactly the day and the hour that spirit entered in to that child? Of course he did. So why is he asking the father, how long ago was it? That the spirit entered in. It wasn't because he needed to know. It was because he was training his disciples on how to be effective because they couldn't cast it out. Turn to your neighbor and say, point of entry. Now, child of God, this is where we can't be in denial. I said we can't be in denial. If we are dealing with a spirit, we cannot cover it up and say it didn't happen. We cannot pretend the days of pretending are over. We want to pretend like nothing happened. We want to pretend like we're the Brady Bunch or whatever. I'm going to pretend, and let me tell you, it has nothing to really do. You can have the most wonderful family, and spirits don't care. They don't look at ethnicity. They don't look at economic background. They don't look at education. They don't look at wherever you're from. 
They just look at a life that has a destiny on it. They already know a life that is called by God that has a destiny on that life and they want to destroy it. Are you with me? Jesus in his inner healing ministry. You see, inner healing ministry, yes. You see, did he really heal anybody in inner healing? Show me, Dr. Corral. I know he healed physically. I know he healed spiritually. But did he really heal somebody from a real traumatic background? Did he really? Oh, tremendously, so many. One in particular is probably one you'd never guess. The man of the tombs. I said, the man of the tombs. I said, the man of the tombs. The demonic spirit that plagued the multiple demonic spirits that plagued his life came as a result of what the text actually teaches us in Greek. We just continue with that theme. Go with me for a moment back to Mark 5. Mark has all the deliverances. Mark is the deliverance gospel. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say amen. Mark 5 says, They came over to the other side of the sea into the country of Gadarenes. And there was... When they were come out of the ship, immediately there met him a man of the tombs with an unclean spirit. Now this word tombs is a very unusual word in Greek. It's mamimion. And a mamimion in Greek is related to the Greek word memisko. Memisko is a word that means to recall, to remember, but it doesn't just mean to remember in the sense of just recalling something. It means to relive something. I said to relive it. Memisko means Reliving something. Some of us have had memories in our lives that we want to forget. We've tried to forget. In some cases where it's very severe rejection or very severe something cruel happened. Something out of our control happened. Human beings by nature want to put up some sort of survival system within us, so we shut down. In some cases, the pain is so great 
that we put it into a memory vault. I said we put it into a memory vault. The word tomb in Greek, memimion, because tombs recall who lived there. Something dead. And so memimion, actually one of the meanings is memory vault. I said memory vault. Did you hear me? Related to the word memisco, so reliving something that took place, this man of the tombs, watch his behavior. He met Jesus immediately, and the Bible says, no man could bind him, no, not with chains, and because he had often bound himself with fetters and chains, he had plucked asunder by them, by him, and the fetters were broken in pieces. This means it was not natural strength. He broke off the chains. Now watch this. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and what? Cutting himself, trying to hurt himself. Have you ever met someone? that is in so much pain that they feel like the only way to get rid of that pain is to try to hurt yourself so you don't feel it. Some way so that pain does not have an intensity. So he is cutting himself. Always in the mountains, in the day and in the night. Now, I want to tell you, how did Jesus know about him? Jesus didn't go there on a ministerial crusade. He often went from town to town on preaching campaigns. The Bible is very clear about that. In Luke chapter 4, when the people wanted him to stay in one village, and he said, I cannot. I have to go to the towns to preach the gospel of the kingdom, for that is what I am sent to do. He could not. So we must understand, why is he going to Gadarenes? There's no people he's going to preach to. He's taken all his disciples over to the Gadarenes. There's no ministry campaign. There's not multiplying of loaves and fishes. There's not tens of thousands gathered in the Mount of Beatitudes in the Gadarenes. What is happening there? Let me just give you a little hint, can I? If you go with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. The Bible tells us. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day. I want you to know this is when it was dark outside. Jesus departed 
into a solitary place and there prayed. The Bible tells us in throughout the Synoptic Gospels it was in the mountains that he went to pray alone with God. There is one mountain very close to Galilee called Mount Tabor. There are many mountains in the Galilee area that he went out alone to pray. And I want you to understand if it's total solitude and total quiet, have you ever prayed in the silence of the middle of the night with no one there? You can hear echoes outside. All there is is the moon. And what does it say? It says that there was a man not far off who every day, day and night was in the mountains crying and cutting himself. Do you not think that when Jesus was in his prayer early in the morning, that the Holy Spirit did not echo the sound from a distance of that scream, of that agony, of those demons that had taken advantage of his depression, of those demons that had taken advantage of his vulnerability. Do you not think that Jesus heard in the solitude of prayer? And this is why that day he said to his disciples, we're going to go and cross over to the other side. He had to tell them that they were going to get to the other side because he already knew to get to the other side was going to be a battle. Whenever you are going to encounter demonic spirits, get ready for a storm. Do not think fighting with demonic spirits is just something that's a piece of cake. It is not. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's why when he got into the boat, he went to sleep. But his disciples were frightened because there arose a storm to try to stop him from getting to the Gadarenes. Those spirits in the Gadarenes knew they were about to be commanded out of that place. So there was a ruckus. You wonder why there's a ruckus? You wonder why things are happening right now? You wonder why sudden storms have come upon you? Those spirits know you're coming. Those spirits know God has put his hand on you. Those spirits know that the days are numbered. Are you hearing this, saints? 
And the Bible tells us that when Jesus got out of the boat and the, the man of the Gadarenes fell before him, Jesus cast those spirits out. And I want you to know how we know he was definitely someone who's gone through trauma and rejection. Because the Gadarenes geographically is near the area of Decapolis, but Decapolis is very far. And Jesus, when he, after he was healed, the Bible says the people were frightened because he was clothed, and watch this, in his right mind. Demonic spirits affect the mind. There are two places they inhabit. They afflict bodies or they will choose the mind. It begins with anxiety. It begins with terrors. It begins with trauma and memories and afflictions. And so I want you to know that the man wanted to go with Jesus. And he besought him that he could come with him and follow him. And Jesus said, Jesus suffered him not. And the Bible says Jesus rather commanded him and said, go and tell your friends the great things that God has done for you. First miracle. Friends, who's going to be the friend of someone who has 2,000 demons? Tell me. Do you know anyone that would be a friend of a man who cuts himself, breaks chains, has not been in his right mind, Jesus said, go tell your friends. He just gave him back a life that he never had. Hello, I said he just gave him back a life he never had because demonic spirits wanted to block him from friends. Maybe you didn't hear me. I said demonic spirits wanted to rob him even of having friends. Because part of that isolation, part of that demonic attack was deep isolation. You cannot fit in anywhere. No one loves you. Maybe you're not following me. But if there's just one tonight... Go tell your friends. And the Bible tells us here, hallelujah, he departed. Tell them how great things God has done for thee and how he has had compassion on thee. And the Bible says he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things God had done for him. In Decapolis, that is a way. That means... He was in the mountains away from his home. 
completely disconnected from any human being. And he goes back and he's given friends and he's given a purpose. He's given a ministry. He's given a life. Jesus said, no, you're not going with me. You're going to go and have your own life. I'm going to give you a life like you never dreamt possible. I'm going to use you for my glory. You're going to have friends. You're going to turn Decapolis inside out for my glory. Two more things before we end. Jesus said to the father of this boy, going to Mark 9, how long ago is it since this thing came to him? And the father said, verse 21 of Mark 9, of a child, say this with me, some things enter in as a child. And they got to come out. I said they got to come out. They got to be dealt with. They have to be put under subjection of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me, saints? And the Bible says here in verse 9. Now, I want you to see this is so important. Because the Father said, oftentimes the Spirit Cast him into the fire, pulls him out, verse 22, and throws him into the water. Mark 9, 22. That's a cycle. Throwing him into the fire, and as soon as he comes out of the fire, he pulls him into the water. And as soon as he pulls him out of the water, he throws him into the fire. It's a demonic cycle. Say this with me in the name of Jesus tonight. Demonic cycles are breaking off my family. Demonic cycles are breaking off my finances. Demonic spirits and cycles are breaking off my children. Come on, break them off right now. Break them off. Demonic cycles are breaking off your business. Demonic cycles are breaking off your family members. Come on, break them off, saints. Break them off. You have the power to break them off. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast. 